Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Indeed, it is time for the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan. My name is Alec Medford in all week for Reggie Atatua. That is a three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. We got Ross Labinski holding things down for you. The Tolo, the Turn It On, or Leave It On listener, we appreciate you so very much for checking us out here tonight with you until uh, 11 o'clock tonight, full show. And then tomorrow, it'll be myself and the fan phenom, Blake Elliott, the Young Guns, taking over from 8 to 11. But you get a full show tonight here as we're back in action on the fan on your home of Dallas Cowboys football and the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. The truckwreck.com text line is 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 to get involved in the conversations here tonight. And you're welcome to chime in to any and everything, but I say good evening to the three-time Hall of Famer. Good evening, Alec. Did you say is that Chris over there? No, I said Ross. Ross. What's going on, Ross? I couldn't see because it's kind of dark in there. What's up, Ross? Doing just fine about yourselves. I'm doing great. All the Tolos, we always say thank you for letting us ride shotgun with you while you get stuff done, especially this evening, the day after Christmas. The truckwreck.com text line, as Alec mentioned, is 877-881-1053. I'm going to say this right now. I don't know about the Tolos, and I don't know about you guys, but these last five or six days have been a blur to me. <laughs> in other words, I can't even think it's Tuesday. It's like, wait a minute, Mm-mm. is it Monday because it seemed like Christmas should be on the weekend. Yeah. And then I've been working all these different days, you know, and the Mavericks were in and out of town. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can't keep up with what day is it really? Oh, we've got a short week because next weekend is New Year's. New Year's Day is on the Monday. Aren't you working New Year's? I am. With I, a surprise co-host? Yeah, I think I'll be in during the G-Bag slot, kind of, sort of, mm-hmm. three to seven with uh, our newest teammate, uh, David Shrupp. So that's, oh yeah, yeah, David. Yeah, he was one of the fan phenom. In fact, he came in runner up to uh, Elliot. Yep, to, to Blake. To Blake so, Elliot. Yeah, uh, that's what happens when you try out for fan phenom. You never know what doors can get opened up. You never know. Real quick, the three one four texts in. C A and Alec, what up? Total one on the couch with my hookah in my right hand, my girl in my left. Her birthday is tomorrow. Her name is Jasmine. Happy birthday, Jasmine. Happy birthday, indeed. And you know what's <laughs> not happy. What's not happening? Uh, me after this Cowboys Dolphins oh, game. Oh, you got to drink some eggnog off your mind. You got to drink that eggnog off your mind, man. Yeah, I got some rum in it. Yeah, I got to spike it a little bit. Uh, maybe double time mm-hmm. here the for the next week or so because it's not going to get any easier with the Detroit Lions coming into town. At least we have the Ring of Honor ceremony to uh, look forward to. We know one positive thing will come from this game, and it's not necessarily going to be during regulation. Can so, I get? Can I give you one more? To make you feel better Go on that it. Detroit game, uh, here, put it like this. Jimmy's going into the ring of honor, like you said, at halftime. 
That's a good thing. It's a Saturday, which is also a good thing because you don't have to really go to work the next day, so to speak. And it's not New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve Eve. But that other part to make you feel better about the Cowboys' chances against the Lions, Dak Prescott is 4-0 lifetime against the Lions. He has never lost to them. Never lost. Not saying that he won't lose this Saturday, but guess what? He's got a history. So that should make you feel a little better. It's not like, well, he never beats the 49ers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I do want to start off this uh, edition of the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan with a conversation about confidence. And Are you trying to say you're trying to help fans get right? I don't know if I'm trying to help them in this case. I might be pushing them the other way. Oh, my goodness. You're going for the chaos. Ooh. I might be because cut number six, Dak Prescott had an interesting quote that I heard after the game, which, hey, you can hear these games on 105 through the fan and hear all the live post-game reaction. But Dak Prescott on his confidence in the team's confidence after another tough road loss. I can tell you the confidence is is, is high from that group. Obviously, this, this one sucks. It hurts, especially, as you just said, in the manner um, th- that we did. That we lost this one, um, but but the confidence is high in these guys. We uh, we understand that, that we can. Obviously, we haven't done it, but we will. And and obviously, the the road forward looks like we'll be going on the road. So, got one more in this in this regular season to to dial it in and and improve from this one and get a win, and then carry that into the to the the next part of the season. He won't say the word playoff. He won't. And he will say confident, and he says, we haven't, but we will, in terms of beating good teams on the road. That's an interesting path to take, if you ask me, because we're, you know, what, 15, 16 weeks into this NFL season, and he got it exactly right there at the in the middle part of that clip where he said, we haven't done it. But we're, no, no we're, lie detected. we're supposed to still remain confident, because I remember – Last week, I'm old enough to remember a week ago where uh, we were cross-talking with the G-Bag Nation, and I think Wolchuk asked me uh, something along the lines of, are you buying in yet? And I said, I think I'm quietly confident because I think that's what this team is, quietly confident. I think that they're still going to find ways to figure it, out, figure it out on the road at the right time, right? You know, it, it felt like one of those things that couldn't persist throughout the entirety of a calendar season going mm-hmm. into the postseason. It felt like something had to click at some point. Maybe it's them getting the five seed and matching up against the NFC South, and they go on the road in the first round, and it's like, ha, we figured it out. We just needed that motivational win on the road when it matters, win or go home. Now, I don't think I'm as confident as this team is, and it seems like Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, uh, both of them respectively, are a little bit too confident right now despite the fact that they haven't really shown us anything on the road against good teams. Are you saying teams. they're whispering, uh, whistling through the graveyard? I think they absolutely are. And I think that they're trying to cover something up. I think they're trying to cover something up that's a little bit bigger now. Dun, dun, dun. And another reason I bring this up is it was pregame right before the kickoff. Aaron Andrews, the, the guys throw it down to her. And she's talking about the lack of road success mm-hmm. going into the game against Miami. And she says guys like J. Ron Curse and the other, you know, leaders of the team got together during the week and just had a private meeting about the lack of success on the road. And you know what the conclusion was? We don't have an answer. We don't know why. So we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Clearly, that's not enough. 
So it's a little bit concerning that they went into this week saying, we don't have an answer, so let's just pretend like we have one and keep moving forward the way we move. Are you concerned about the definition of insanity? I am, because we all know it, and we love to use that analogy. We love to use that saying in broadcast that if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, you're not going to get it. You're insane. I digress a little bit because I did see some slight improvements, Mm -hmm. and really it was the one area that concerned me the most, So that's the run defense. I felt like for probably three quarters of that game, that was some sound run defense. Mm-hmm. They set the edge really well. Pressure mm-hmm. was getting to Tua in the pass rush department as well, mm-hmm. causing him to air some throws out a little bit too wide for some wide open receivers. There was a couple plays that Jalen Waddle had five yards of separation on whoever was matched up in front of him at the time, and Tua just couldn't locate him. So I felt like the pass rush and really setting the edge, that was their key to the game. They executed that. Everything outside of that didn't quite feel there because – First quarter, CeeDee Lamb is putting up what could have been generational numbers had they continued to feed him. Are you saying like Amari Cooper numbers from the same weekend? Exactly. There were so many great wide receiver performances this weekend. I mean, you saw it with George Pickens to start off the Uh weekend on Saturday. Amari had over 200 for Um, those who don't know. Amari Cooper, and it felt like CeeDee Lamb had over 100 yards uh, from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. In the first quarter. And Running it felt, and catching. It felt like that he was going to just continue that tear because maybe that was the definition of, you know, fixing something for the Cowboys on the road. It's just saying, let's go back to basics and feed our best player. And then they proceeded to not even look his way for two quarters. No targets. It's it's incredible to me that after this loss, I know it was a last-second game, and really you were just one Hunter Lipke fumble away mm-hmm. from winning this game. Mm-hmm. Had he just punched it in like you expected him to because – That first drive of the game, the Cowboys were real determined to bring back the fullback position in 2023, going into 2024. They were trying to set a trend in the NFL for that first drive, and it was working until it didn't. I don't fault Hunter Lipke there because it worked three other times that drive. Short yardage, need you to get one yard, and he was getting three or four. I was impressed. It should have worked. It didn't. That happens in the NFL. Actually, the play before that probably should have worked. Tony Pollard? Yeah, Tony Pollard is immune to the end zone. Yeah, he is. I don't know what it is this season, but I just want to well, open. Well, he never had to try to do that. That was Zeke's job to get the touchdowns on the goal line. And I want to open this up to the listeners, to the Tolos, 877-881-1053. Also live on Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam or 105.3 The Fan on YouTube. Why should you be confident? If you are confident, why? And if you aren't, explain. I want to know either way. Where is your confidence? Where does it lie? And why did it get there? It's okay. Let me let me uh, counterpoint you and by saying this to all the Cowboy fans and Tolos out there. It's okay if your confidence has been shaken. It's okay if you don't have very much confidence. Because guess what? It's like that after a, a, a heartbreaking loss like that one. I mean, literally. Just to sum it all up quickly, I said the Cowboys' best defense is their offense, and the offense has got to score first. Had the Cowboys scored first on that one touchdown drive, they would have had a lead, wouldn't they? And they might have had a 14-point lead in the first quarter, which might have changed up how Dan Quinn was calling some plays on defense. And then at the end of the game, I have to put that score. So I put that on the offense. End of the game, I put it on the defense because you had one drive. Don't get me wrong. Defense played well, making them force them to kick five field goals. We're talking about a Miami Dolphins offense that can score 70 if they wanted to, and they held them to one touchdown and five field goals. But here's the deal. Sometimes you got to sack up. 
You got to say, okay, no first downs, this last drive, this is the Super Bowl. Whatever it is, whatever the phrase you need. So I blame the offense, I blame the defense, but more importantly, back to the confidence factor. We had Nui Scruggs on on Sunday, and Nui said something that he said it in a different way that I've been saying since October. He said, you cannot have total confidence, but you got to play it out. And the reason he said this is because of what I've been saying. Ranger fans had every reason not to think that the Texas Rangers would win the World Series, especially after they played the way they played from August on, not just the last weekend in Seattle and the last game where all they had to do was win that damn game and they lost it one to nothing. In other words, their high-powered offense couldn't even get a run. You follow what I'm saying? They wound up, people were saying at that time, oh, hell, they're back into the playoffs. They're not even going to win a game in this wild card. And guess what they did? I'm not saying that the Dallas Cowboys are going to do the same thing. They became the first team in Major League Baseball history to win every road game. They went 15-0. and 0. The point I'm making is not, oh, yeah, ball up your fist and cheer the Cowboys. Yeah, they're going to win the Super Bowl. No. What we're trying to say is you've got to let it play out. I know it may be painful. It's even more painful in baseball because guess what? You got seven-game series, not just one and done. You follow me? In other words, you got highs and lows and roller coasters. And, you know, I'll give you the Astros series, for example. Just talking about the Rangers. Everybody's feeling good. Oh, you beat Baltimore. Oh, you beat Tampa Bay. They're coming back. We know we got all those Astros. Blah, blah, blah. And guess what the Astros did? Just like what they did in September and just like they did in July. They owned you in Arlington. And there were Ranger fans thinking, we're not going anywhere. And Astros fans thinking, <laughs> punk ass. We're going to win the World Series again. But guess what you got to do, as Nui said? You've got to let it play out. You cannot be absolute. But guess what? In this day and age of instant gratification, there are so many people that want to be absolute and say, this team sucks, they can't win a thing. Or this team's the greatest team of all time, they're going to win it all. Guess what? The Atlanta Braves were the best team from top to bottom. Farm system to the players to the front office, they didn't win nothing. The Rangers, who lost the division on the last day, One whole damn thing. My point I'm trying to make again is this. You can say I don't have confidence at all in the the Cowboys. That's fine. But you can't say they're not going to win a thing. Because if they do, guess where that leaves you? You're the guy that nobody wants on the bandwagon because you might tump it over. I'm just saying that's the point, counterpoint. And everybody has every right not to believe in this team because guess what? That was a heartbreaking loss. No different than the heartbreaking loss of the Texas Rangers, pick a series in September. Just pick one. You got to let it play out. See, and that's all we can do is let it play out. And I'm, I'm not here to tell you that this is a bad football team. Mm-hmm. It's not. They were one of the that's first. That's what makes it hard. Yeah, they, they were one of the first in the NFL to clinch a playoff berth this season. They were one of the first three. There, there's no, mm-hmm. it, especially with how wide open the NFC is this year, there's no reason to say that they can't. It's just there's no reason right now exactly. to say that they will either. Exactly, and that's what's so hard about it all. Again, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying, oh, just forget about it. This is emotional. There are some people who say, well, you know what? I can't even trust my heart. It's too painful for me. There are some people who say, that analytically speaking, I have no dog in the hunt, but analytically speaking, the Cowboys don't have a chance. And we got some clever Tolos texting. I love this. 469 said, that's right. The Cowboys are going to win the World Series. And then the 214 says, the Rangers also had a winning record on the road. 
They didn't have a winning record on the road the end of the year until they hit the playoffs, and nobody saw that coming. In fact, they made history, only team in Major League Baseball to ever win every freaking playoff game on the road, 15-0. How about them Rangers? 214 says, the Cowboys ain't the Rangers. There's only one thing you could tell me to make me think, okay, the, the Cowboys have 99, they have a 1% chance or less. Cowboys don't have Bochy. Okay, I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> Shots at Mike McCarthy. But you have to, but you have to let it play out. And the reason I say this is because that's the hard thing about sports. Some people don't have the stomach for it. And guess what? You're the cowards. Absolutists in sports are cowards. Whether they say their team is gonna suck and they won't win a thing, or our team is the greatest and they want to front run it. You follow me? There are people who who absolutely knew that the 49ers were gonna just win out, go to the Super Bowl, uh, Ravens don't have a chance. There are people who thought Philadelphia, oh, they're going back again. There are people right now in Kansas City cannot believe Kansas City is in the position they're in. You've got to let it play out. Nobody wants to hear that because they want absolute. They want to be able to project. In this day and age of instant gratification, you want to be able to say chest first or crotch first, however you I want to say my team is the best or my team sucks. Guess what? People in Denver are saying, how the hell is this team is still in the playoff? We're talking about Sean. Who's the coach for the Denver Broncos? Oh, Sean Payton. Yeah. Sean Payton. The first half of the season, they sucked. Cleveland lost all of their quarterbacks. They weren't supposed to be going nowhere. But guess what? They're still alive. There are people who laughed that Baker Mayfield was now going to be starting quarterback for Tampa Bay. Guess what? They're in the hunt. There are people who are bragging on Jacksonville. They've lost four straight. How do you feel about Jacksonville now? See, that's the beauty of sports. You cannot be absolute. But too many people want to be. Do you want to have more fun? That kind of goes in favor of your point. Go ahead. Coming up next on the get right, we're going to rank the NFL wildcard teams because man has the point of view on some of these teams changed. We'll do that next on the get right. Back here on the get right on 105.3 The Fan. We're about to talk about the wildcard hunt Mm -hmm. and the race in between there. In the NFL playoff picture, it is the get right Alec Medford in all week for Reginald Atatua, the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. And you, the Tolo, appreciate you checking us out on Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam or 105 Through the Fan on YouTube. And coming up on the other side, we have to bask in the glory that is the greatness of number 77 that happens to play for the Dallas Mavericks. We'll get into last night's festivities where Luca made NBA history and had a little bit of fun dropping 50 of them things on the Phoenix Suns that here in about 17 minutes or so. But I do want to talk about the playoff picture in both the AFC and the NFC because I feel like even from just, I don't know, a month ago, our perception on a lot of these teams have changed and Mm -hmm. especially within the wild card hunt. Notice I was been I was just talking about that. And, exactly. And just let me say this real quick. There's a lot of people texting and saying, man, put your money where your mouth is. When I was saying you got to let it play out, it does not mean that the Cowboys are going to win the whole thing. It does not mean they're going to lose. You've got to watch and play it out. And it does not mean that you don't have the right to feel however you feel. I said that also. I said you have every right to feel angry that they're not playing the way you want them to play or sad, protecting your heart. I just don't throw pity parties. That's not me. That's not the way I roll. I know I've seen so many things over the years. Where you, That's the miracle of sports. That's the, the, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. 
Sometimes things happen. You say, how the hell did that happen? He won or they won or she won and you never saw it coming. See, I tried to stray away from like the Philly sports talk radio style things and take one extreme or the other. I tried to keep as level-headed of a point of view and try to give you the facts sprinkled in with some opinion to where we have enough to make a conversation. Sure. And, and you don't ignore the bad stuff. You just kind of keep it all in perspective. Yeah, and, and the bad stuff is very present. Oh, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that. We're going to pick it out for you. Yeah, I, I'll be the first to tell you that I was wrong, you know, because I remember two weeks ago when Dawson asked us during a crosstalk how we feel uh, coming off of the Eagles win. And I was like, man, I I think they've got it figured out now against the good teams. I I think that they're going to be okay, and I think I'm going to be quietly confident. And now there's no reason for me to take that stance right now, but Not things can all. change because that's the NFL. And that's why I thought of this segment from CBS Sports. Uh, they did all the number crunching because, you know, I suck at math. And they <laughs> did the playoff projections and the actual percentage chance that each wild card team has to make the playoffs okay. for the AFC and the NFC. I want to start with the AFC uh, because I feel like there's a few teams that are really polarizing and some that have no right to be in the position that they might be in right now. Uh, starting with number eight right now, the Denver Broncos at seven and eight. They just lost to the three and 11 Patriots on their home field on Christmas Eve. And they were technically going into that game as a playoff hopeful. Mm -hmm. uh, they now have a 1.4% playoff. See how things change in chance. one weekend. And I don't think, you know, obviously there's statistically a chance. I don't think the Broncos have anything left in them this year. I don't trust Sean Payton. I don't trust Russell Wilson. And I don't trust that defense. You should never trust them. And again, the odds are they ain't going nowhere. But they they, they got to play it out. A team that has really impressed me as of late, mm -hmm. the Las Vegas Raiders. And I didn't think I would be saying that at all this season. You know what? Let's just say this on the same terms before you get into details on the Raiders. They beat Kansas City. Nobody saw that coming, did they? Nobody. Nobody. At all. It was like, okay, Kansas City's mad because, you know, Patrick Mahomes mad at his wide receivers. They know they should have. And they go and not only lose to the Raiders, they lose big. They did, and look, it, it was an embarrassing loss for the Kansas City Chiefs, just to put it in simple terms. I mean, after the Raiders went out there and put 60 points up a couple weeks ago, I knew that that was a motivated team. Yeah. And I do not, as any kind of fan of any team, I do not want to play the motivated team that has nothing to lose. Right. I never want to play them in the middle of the season mm -hmm. where your expectations are on the ground going against them, and then you allow them to do something like that just because they care more than you. And, and they also care about their new head coach. It, they could not stand Josh McDaniel. That's why they're playing so well. This head coach, Antonio Pierce, mm -hmm. he is for real, man, for, former uh, linebacker yeah, for, for the, the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, and for the Giants, this the reason <laughs> the reason Josh McDaniel is out of there, I, I never liked him anyway, is because uh, Antonio – used to fire up the defense talking about how you never quit believing yourselves when he's with the Giants. We knocked off the undefeated Patriots. And Josh McDaniel, Josh McDaniel was the offensive coordinator for them on the quarterback's quarterback. And he said, you stop bringing up that Patriots stuff. And that's why he got bounced. And you said he motivates defenses. He found out how to do it against the Chiefs by getting two defensive touchdowns on back-to-back -back plays. Well, Man, the, the Vegas Raiders, I think they found their head coach. Honestly, I, I think they do because you know what they did when they fired uh, old boy, 
already forget who their other head coach was, but they put Rich Bisaccia mm-hmm. in hey. place, a uh, former Cowboy assistant mm-hmm. coach. They put him in as the interim head coach. Same thing happened. Yep. The team was motivated. Oh, was that, that's when they got rid of Chucky. Yes. And John Gruden. I I said to myself, they found their guy. Mm-hmm. They found him because they found a, a guy that the team can actually get behind. Nobody cared about Gruden on that team. Nobody nope. wanted to play for him. Nope. Nobody wanted to play for Josh McDaniels. And this is second time around where they found the player's coach that is coaching them to wins they should not be getting with a dude named Aiden O'Connell playing quarterback and only completing nine passes in that game. Mm-hmm. Incredible what they've been able to do. They have a Hopefully thir- Mark Davis won't screw it up this time. He better not. 13.2% chance of making the playoffs. And at this rate, I hope they do. Yeah. Because that would be an incredible case that it would make hard for uh, Davis to turn down for Antonio Pierce. The Cincinnati Bengals are at the number six spot this here. This is a miracle team. No 20, Joe Burrow. 22.2% chance of making a wild card spot. And the Jake Browning fever dream came to an end yeah. this past week. We were watching it, me and Blake, here in the studio. And it was just like every time I looked up during a segment, he was throwing another pick. It, it was ridiculous. The mm, Steelers mm, kind of mm. came back to life because, you know, it's literally impossible for Mike Tomlin to have a losing season. So he got to 500 and he said, uh-uh, we're going to stop playing around. I'm going to put in a dude named Rudolph on the day before Christmas Eve. The red-nosed reindeer? Yeah, and he's actually going to play competent <laughs> quarterback. He went to Oklahoma State, didn't he? He did. Yep. And I was impressed with how he played after a couple years as the third quarterback. Mm-hmm. He stepped in and he looked fine. George Pickens had 195 yards Set on four catches yep. and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like that looked like hard nosed Steeler football. Uh, but for the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm starting to lose faith in them as well. Their remaining schedule is at Chiefs and Browns at home. That's yeah, a little tough. The Browns and Chiefs are already angry. No, they see their season free falling. Yeah, that's going to be tough. I don't see them winning those two games. Yeah, I think they end up missing the playoffs there. The Indianapolis Colts, another interesting conversation, as they have a 45% chance of making the playoffs as it stands right now. After winning five of their previous six, it was probably about time they dropped a game, and the 29-10 to 10 loss to the Falcons was pretty gross. But, uh, you know, you saw the... Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. injury in the Steelers game mm-hmm. where uh, he got his head decapitated by DeMonte Casey and he had to re-enter concussion protocol after landing off the plane uh, for that game. He ex- started experiencing symptoms again. So I wonder if plane flight messes up your CTE. You follow what I'm saying? <laughs> it probably it's does. like, why would you get on a plane? Yeah, the Colts are still an intriguing team, and they're about to get healthier, but their playoff chances are now pretty much a coin flip. Their remaining schedule versus Raiders and versus Texans. Uh, so, And uh, Texans might have their quarterback back. Yes, as C.J. Stroud has been in concussion protocol himself. Right, and I think he's going to get rookie of the year. Pittsburgh Steelers at number four in the wild card race for the AFC. Uh, as it stands right now, They only have a 14.1% chance of making the playoffs, but their schedule at Seahawks and at Ravens is going to be tough. Two road games to finish Mm -hmm. off the season, especially that Ravens game is going to be real tough. They just have to hope that the Ravens aren't really trying and aren't really playing their dudes Mm -hmm. at that point. I see what you're saying. One of those games where the Ravens already know they're the number one seed, the resting guys. Don't mess it up kind of thing. Yeah, we need to keep Lamar healthy. Lamar's not going to play this game. Against his wishes. We'll talk about it more around the NFL. There's a lot of questions about who plays quarterback going forward for the Steelers, regardless of who it is. I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're a playoff team this year. That division is just way too tough. But 
I do say that Mike Tomlin goes nine and eight to keep his uh, no losing season streak intact. In history, he has never had a losing season ever. Been two Super Bowls, never a losing season. His job is always safe. The Houston Texans come in at number three on CBS Sports uh, Power Ranking, the wild card contenders. They have a 43% chance of making a wild card spot, and their projection has them finishing 10-7 and seven with the number six Not seed bad. on a lock. And it's hard to judge the team as they haven't had C.J. Stroud for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, with him back. And, you know, the loss of Tank Dell was huge. Mm-hmm. Rookie wide receiver out of Houston playing fantastic that combo is looking great but Dalton Schultz heating up at the right time mm-hmm. uh, Nico Collins has been really good for that Texans team I think they're a playoff team I think they are too and it's like a, a nice surprise story out of their organization I have uh, no big you know I don't really care for the city of Houston the organization I've always felt like since they're there the Tennessee Titans ought to give back all the Oilers history to that organization, the way the Ravens gave back all their Cleveland Browns stuff to the Cleveland Browns. I just, this is something that makes me wish the Texans had that. That's all I can say. Number two is the Buffalo Bills, who have heated up as of late, sitting at nine and six. They have a 93% chance of making the playoffs. Power ranked number two in the mm-hmm. wild card race by CBS Sports. And uh, it's kind of hard to deny when Josh Allen is on, he's on. And then whenever that run game is able to get going and they just Cook. elevated uh, Lombardi Lenny, if you will, mm-hmm. off of the practice squad, Leonard Fournette uh, pairing up with James Cook, their re- remaining schedule is at home against the Patriots and on the road against the Dolphins. I think they're going to be in good shape and that Dolphins showdown is going to be significant. I think one of the big ingredients that people are sleeping on is their new offensive coordinator, Brady. He's the Joe same. Brady, yeah. Joe Brady, the same guy who was offensive coordinator at LSU when Joe Burrow won the national championship. He's been really good for them, man. Yes, he, he has. He, he and they, figured they things hired out. Him. They elevated him like about three or four weeks ago. Yeah, after they fired their other offensive coordinator, he was the quarterback's coach. They elevate him, and it seems like that close relationship with Josh Allen has mm-hmm. benefited that offense and and he also want to run the ball more yeah a guy that can literally just say hey this team isn't good at defending the run we should run against them as many times as we can cowboys it's pretty simple it works play calling is as complicated as you make it sometimes especially when it's raining outside and then number one for the afc is the cleveland browns at 10 and 5 they have a 99.9 percent chance of making the playoffs but it is no secret that they are the best wild card team in the hunt for the AFC Sunday. Amazing? Sunday was pretty eye-opening, wasn't it? The Texans' defense, which has been quietly really mm-hmm. good this year, couldn't stop the Browns' offense at all, and the Texans' offense couldn't move the ball against that vaunted Browns' defense. Miles Garrett, they held, Arlington Martin's own. They held Case Keenum to 62 passing yards and forced two picks before his benching in the fourth quarter, and Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper morphed into Peyton Manning and some dude that I won't say his name, you know, uh, Oh, yeah, kinda, don't his son plays for Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, just think about it Wide that receiver. way. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. his name, but he's he in the Hall of Fame. Kind of morphed into Keep that duo. his name out your mouth. Flacco threw for 368 and three touchdowns and two picks, and the great thing with that really good defense, Flacco right off the couch is still able to make mistakes, and they can win. He can throw these nasty interceptions, and they still win the game. See, the deal about him is he won a Super Bowl. He had a lights-out playoff run, but he knows how to play with a great defense. And Stefanski, the coach, he told him, look, we know you've got the knowledge. We don't necessarily need you to be physically skill-set. We just need your knowledge to not make stupid mistakes. 
and let the defense carry this team. I have to give Stefanski a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. He's had four different quarterbacks this year and has not missed a beat. Doesn't it feel like this is kind of reminiscent of the team that Flacco won a Super Bowl with? where The Ravens. Yeah, where the offense was good, yeah. not great, and right. the defense was great. Exactly. That, that was my whole comparison. It's like they, that's why Flacco got, got the edge over other guys they were looking for. It's like you know how to handle this situation. It's like I'm afraid to float that out there because obviously that was a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. But, man, especially the way the Chiefs are losing their fire, you know, at the absolute wrong time and the absolute right time for the mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns. They're 3-1 and one with Flacco starting at quarterback. He's about to be 39, and he's still playing good football. You want to hear something crazy? People forget about this. The Browns beat the 49ers back in October. Yeah, the 49ers had injury, but guess what? Other teams do, too. It's a they good team, beat man. them. That's a good team. Shout out to uh, Derek Holland. I bet he's enjoying he life right now. those Browns. He's a dog, a Cleveland dog pound dog. He is loving life. We'll get into the NFC tomorrow my, with myself and the fan phenom Blake Elliott looking at that wild card race because I think we need to start just getting okay with the Cowboys at the five seed going up against the NFC South, which I don't think I'm complaining. So that's a look at the AFC wild card race coming up next right here on the Get Right. Let's bask in the glory of Luka Doncic and his record-setting night against the Phoenix Suns. We'll do that next on the Get Right. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Goodwin driving on Luka. Blocked by Luka. Doncic will push. Smaller defender on him. Steps back and hits it. 10,000 career points for number 77. What a milestone. We will mm, get into mm, that mm. and bask in the glory of Luka Doncic here in just a moment. Welcome back to the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan. Alec Medford and the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. We are with you until 11 o'clock tonight. You won't want to miss our number two as we got NFL overreaction or not coming up on the other side. And Katie Drummond of the Cowboys Wire at 822. Talk all things Cowboys. But this segment, we need to talk all things number 77 because... We are witnessing greatness right in front of our own yeah, eyes. better enjoy this. And I think we might be too used to greatness because the things that Luka Doncic has been able to do in his very short time in the league and his very short amount of time in life, uh, being very young. 24 years old. It's incredible to see what he is doing. He uh, eclipsed 10,000 career points with a basket at the 452 mark of the first quarter. In last night's game in Phoenix and per Elias Sports, 
Doncic is the sixth fastest to 10,000 points in terms of age at 24 years, 300 days, and tied for seventh fastest in terms of games played at 358. He's the youngest player since Michael Jordan to get 10,000 points. And by the <laughs> way, that shot he took, it was it was at the uh, it was at the logo at the half court. It was right there. That's how far away. And it was nothing but net. And he turned around, and some fan was like, "You suck," because you know he owns Phoenix, he owns the building, and so they're you suck because they were booing him every time he touched the ball. Because but you know that's basically because when the Mavericks went to the semifinals, he knocked out the Phoenix Suns. He's yelling back at him, "Who sucks?" <laughs> and laughing and grinning because he's having a great time. He had 50 points last night. 50. There's only four players in history to have 50 points on Christmas, and he's one of them. Yeah, his final stat line was 50, 15, and 6. Mm. <laughs> he was absolutely electric, and you mentioned him kind of going back and forth with the crowd. Uh, he talked on the court post-game. This will be cut number 21 about, you know, playing the villain when he's on the road. Exactly. I mean, it's it's great. You know, I love playing in these environments, uh, especially away. Uh, it's fun for me. You know, uh, when you make a shot, you know the whole gym is is quiet. So uh, that is the best feeling in the world. Shut him up. He, and he loves to play against those Phoenix Suns too. Oh, he owns them. Yeah, as uh, he was matched up with Devin Booker a couple of times, and he said about the ten thousandth point uh, uh, three. Mm -hmm. He said that. The guys were kind of walking away to their bench. The Suns players were because they took a timeout right after. And Luca was telling them, you got to play closer. I'm a catch-and-shoot guy now. Mm -hmm. I bet you didn't know that. I'm catch-and-shoot. Well, two of the assistant coaches for the Suns were assistant coaches for the Mavericks for the last couple mm -hmm. of years. So he was especially talking to them, Greg St. Jean in particular, because that's his buddy. At the same time, uh, Book, you know, <clears throat> Luca's got two kids. And Book was uh, saying something about – before the game, being real nice and telling Luca congratulations on his daughter. And notice I said Luca's got two kids. His first uh, kid was a son named Devin Booker. <laughs> yeah, I said it! Foul. You've seen the memes. Ooh. So Devin has a little baby, baby sister now. I'm Man. just keeping it up. I was wondering where you were going with that, mm -hmm. and I should have seen it coming from a mile away, but I did not. No, I just slide it in. Uh, before we get into the conversation about Luca and how we need to kind of appreciate and open our eyes a little bit more, I do want to talk about the game itself because yeah. 128 to 114, very back and forth in favor of the Mavs in the end. But there in the second half, I was starting to get a little worried. I was pacing back and forth a little bit, wondering what was happening defensively. Grayson Allen was torching oh, the, the Mavs worst. defense of all people. He always he, does. He was draining every three-pointer he took. He, he had eight the, threes. He did that in Milwaukee, too. He He's the guy from, from people that Grayson Allen. Yeah, he's the guy from Duke who wound up with Bucks and a couple other. He's always hurting people. In fact, the reason you don't see Josh Green right now is last season he grabbed Josh Green's arm, hyperextended it almost like double compound fracture, and then Josh was out for about a month, and that same arm is bothering him right now. All I can say is Josh Green's like, whoa, what did I do? He's always injuring players, and but he can also shoot the lights out. It drives me crazy. There's a give and a take with Grayson Howen for sure. But the but Suns, are, they, they only have Devin Booker and, and KD, Kevin Durant. Uh, Bradley Beal is mm -hmm. always injured, and he's still hurt right now. Won't be back to the middle of January. And they've got a bunch of backup guys who are no good. So the Suns are like in 11th place. And 
their roster is just no good. They can't help KD and Book. KD and Book cannot score 130 points by themselves. So, therefore, their bench doesn't – not the bench. The rest of the team can't help them. Well, in the third quarter, those guys made a run. They absolutely did make a run there in the third, putting up 38 points. And that's where I started to get worried about the the gas that the team had left. But Luka Doncic and company just kind of woke back up. Derek Lively returning to action yeah, as first well. First time in four games. And look, they're still putting up really good numbers when Derek Lively is on the floor. It's pretty He's obvious that whenever they're able to run the rim and play underneath the rim, good things happen, especially, like you said, a beat-up Phoenix team that doesn't really have any kind of guys that specialize in that stuff anymore. They don't really have any of the bigs that nope. can come off the bench Aiden's that can defend there. that. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton, gone. Love, her, love him or hate him, he at least served Portland a purpose, uh, purpose for that what Phoenix it is, team. What it is, he's good, but not in the playoffs. You do not want a guy in the playoffs that you cannot count on and throws pity parties on the bench. The, the, great, thing about De- the great thing about Derek Lively, and I, I want to emphasize this because a lot of people aren't playing, paying attention to basketball really until Christmas time in the NBA. Derek Lively is legit. He's only 19 years old, but the reason he's ahead of what the quote-unquote experts thought he would be is because he's got a very high basketball IQ. This dude is extremely smart, and he works hard. It's not like, oh, I got this athletic ability, and you know I'll, I'll learn it along the way. No, he works hard at it. But he knows what he's doing, and he's in the right spot most of the time. Mm-hmm. It didn't work last year because you had another guy with bounce. I'm going to try to keep his name out of my mouth, <clears throat> but he was shacked in the fool all the time. He does not have a basketball IQ, okay? What they wanted was somebody who had rim-running ability that could play off of Luka. The best they could do, and Carlisle started this, was Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell is a forward. He is not a center, but they had him there because you could just go to one of these websites like uh, – um, clean to the glass, and they will show you the analytical numbers that Dwight Powell does with Luka. But it doesn't work in the playoffs. So they bring in Shaq and a fool. I hate to say <laughs> that, but he doesn't have a basketball IQ. And then they got it right. Nico Harrison said, I saw this guy in AAU. Derek Lively is here. So whenever you're telling your friends, and they don't know anything about Derek Lively, wait a minute, the Mavericks are better than I thought. What's happened? That team sucked last year. Derek Lively has a high basketball IQ, and what they did was they made it a, a, a priority this past offseason to get guys who have high basketball IQs because guess what? Luke and Kyrie both have high basketball IQs. In other words, to make up for some of the deficits on straight-up talent alone, they wanted athletic wings and high basketball IQs. Lively finished with 20 points and 10 rebounds, his fifth career double-double, and the Mavericks are 4-1 and one when Lively notches mm-hmm. a double-double. And uh, the rim running, as you mentioned, is in full effect. It was just nice to see him back because good things usually happen when he's on the floor, and great things happen when Luka Doncic is on the floor. And I saw Tim Cato of The Athletic, friend of the station, he put mm-hmm. out uh, a great piece earlier that the headline was kind of the epitome of the story and all you really needed to know and kind of woke me up a little bit. Luka Doncic's MVP worthy performance versus the Suns shows something greater. And he dived deep into the MVP discussion Mm -hmm. and how we get a little too rooted in that as a be all end all. But we're seeing greatness. There's something that's transcending MVP and, you know, best player awards and best whatever superlatives. there's transcendence happening when Luka Doncic is playing his best basketball. And 
the superlatives keep adding up. We mentioned the 10,000 career points. Uh, he's starting to develop more and more of a character as we talked about him playing the villain and him barking at the Suns players when they take a timeout and telling them to play up on him. And you're seeing him get blitzed and double teamed on the pick and roll every single time, two times more than any other player in the league. Mm -hmm. The amount of attention he's commanding with and without the basketball in his hands is something we haven't really seen in a while. I'm not saying, you know, for decades since MJ or anything, but for me, this seems like, in for my money, a, a more fun version of what Houston saw with James Harden, where he's that commanding presence that almost transcends numbers and superlatives. So I, I think we kind of need to open our eyes while we still can about what's happening here. The journey is the reward. You want to be able to appreciate what you're watching and not just waiting for the end result of, let's see if it's a championship. In other words, unfortunately for a lot of people who dismissed Dirk, they didn't appreciate him until after he won the championship. And even when he won the championship, oh, he didn't win the championship. Uh, LeBron lost it. LeBron failed. It wasn't Dirk went through the gauntlet, knocking out Kobe, knocking out, uh, and that was Kobe going for the three-peat, by the way. Not Kobe and Pal Gasol. Phil Jackson never coached again. Knocking out the young Oklahoma City Thunder with Harden, KD, and Russ. Then knocking out LeBron, uh, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. All these guys, Hall of Famers. And nobody was giving Dirk credit. So, in a way, Cato's like, if you're not paying attention to Luka and you're taking for granted his numbers, you better pay attention now, no matter how his career ends. One other note about uh, Luka, you mentioned the Harden comparison. The only thing people can say about Luka who want to dismiss him, well, he doesn't play defense that well. Well, Luka has gotten the message. I'm not saying he's suddenly going to become some lockdown defender along the perimeter. But he's taking it seriously. In fact, I was saying in the summertime, when the, once the Denver Bron- the, the Denver Nuggets won the championship, Jokic is one of his good friends. Jokic was back-to-back MVPs. Luka wants to not be the MVP. Luka wants to win a damn championship. But guess what? Jokic won the championship, and Jokic was able to improve his game along the way and be the MVP and all those things. He was taking his body seriously. Jokic went down to the bubble. I'll never forget this. When the pandemic hit, they stopped the season. And then three months later, they all went down to the bubble. Jokic looked like an entirely different human being. He lost like 30-something pounds, and he kept it off. Luka, as everybody's known, has taken his uh, off-season conditioning more seriously and his in-season conditioning as well. In other words, he's still in shape. He's not like, oh, I'm back in Dallas, and I'll just eat out at all the fancy restaurants after the games and sleep on my fat stomach and hope it (laughs) – He's 24, but he's taking his body seriously. And and as Cato writes in his article, after these games, he's asking people, did you notice my defense? Did you notice I blocked this shot? Did you notice I'm doing? He's talking about the stops he's had. He's, he's paying attention to his defensive stats because he's that damn competitive. They're important to him now where they used to not be. So if he's trying to become a complete player, that's just more reason to watch a young guy who's going to turn 25 into February and the greatness as it happens. You want to see it in real time? Appreciate the journey because it's the reward. You want to see it in real time? You can see it tomorrow at the Double AC hey, hey. as the Mavericks will host the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Spider Mitchell. Yeah, and they got a pretty good team this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we seven, went to the playoffs last year. 7.30 tip-off at the Double AC. Be on the air uh, while that is happening. I'll be down there on the court side. And CA will be down there on the court.
please do. Uh, me and Young the fan phenom, Boyk Elliott, will have you uh, kept up to date on that matchup from the double AC in oh, Dallas. Oh, one other but, note. If you're looking for Reg Atatula, he will be on all week long with Mike Bassett on the KNC Masterpiece. Or whatever they're calling it. Whatever they call it. The, the, uh, <laughs> get Mike. From 10 to 2, that's all you need to know. And coming up next, let's do some NFL overreaction or not. Can the Dolphins win two games in January? Ooh. Let's talk about it next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.